Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to this week's edition of Black and White Reviews. As always, I'm Lee, and, well, I guess as always with me, we've got Will. Will, welcome. Good to see you. <laughs> right. Right. Good to see your sound waves. <laughs> so, um, anyway, this week we're going to talk about um, the Chapter 11 of the Mandalorian series. Uh, this is the second season, third episode. This one is called The Heiress. Um, so it's pretty cool um, that we get to see again. I, I I always think it's it's awesome that we get to see different directors take the seats here. And this one was actually directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, which was cool. Did she do another one? Did she do one from the first season too? I, I don't like she did. think so. I've definitely seen her name pop up in a few things recently, and I and I almost feel like she was. I mean, I can go back into our records and see. But anyway. Before she we did. get, in- she did. She did chapter four, uh, titled "The Sanctuary." I'm looking at it right now. Oh, so okay. she did do one other episode. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like. I like that. She's done a great job, and uh, I'm glad to see her. Um. So, anyway, um, before we get too much into it, there was one thing that was really cool that we talked about last episode. Now, um, when he was out going around, and there was that scene with the, the 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 bounty hunters that caught him. You know, and he, and he did the whole jetpack thing and shot that guy up in the air and took his jetpack back. That character mm-hmm. actually was. So I, I knew he was from Force Awakens. I just miss. I did, I forgot who exactly he was. So he wasn't the one stealing BB-8 or trying to in the very beginning. But he was somebody who was in that marketplace that Ray did get to talk to. So I was like, okay, all right, that makes sense. It was a very small part, but it was the same character. If not the same character, somebody wearing the exact same get up so maybe same species or just whatever but right. i knew he looked familiar I, I i knew i wasn't just like saying well he looks like something and then it looks like star wars no that character was specifically wearing that exact same get up so again kind of cool to see a tie in you know with the with the the um you know feature film universe um but yeah i just wanted to bring that back up i was like i know i'm right <laughs> so after this that. episode i kind of feel like we're going to get a lot more of that yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that's I mean, that's what they were kind of saying is, is kind of the plan is we're going to see a lot more tying in. Um, I feel like this one did a lot more tying in. It, it almost had a just because we saw so much of like um, the the Imperial troops here, you know, the, the stormtroopers and then seeing the people on the ship. It almost kind of had like a Rogue One feel to it for a little bit of it. And I really like mm-hmm. that. You know, it was like a soldier, you know, like like war thing. And it, and it felt a lot more like like Rogue One in that sense. But um, what was your what was your main you know feeling about this episode? Uh, kind of all over the place. Um, mm. I liked it. I yeah. thought it was you know very well done. And it's this is this one's going to be a little bit difficult for me to talk about because not a lot happens in this episode. But at the same time, there's a lot of development that happens in this episode that's only setting up for what's going to be going on in the future. Agreed. So it's 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 kind of it's kind of one of those talk toss ups. Um, mm. That's really my initial thoughts coming out of it. Not a okay. lot happened, but a, just a lot of setup. This is this is this is one of those. I'm jumping the gun by saying filler episode, but that's kind of what it feels like. It just it did a lot of setting up for what's going to be coming down the line with, you know. The Mandalorian, um, Pedro Pascal, I have to, I'm going to stop calling him by his name because mm-hmm. we have more of them now that are being introduced and it's just going to get confusing by saying this Mandalorian or that Mandalorian, right, et cetera, right. et cetera. Um, 
it's just we're going to get a lot more of that and how seemingly the Mandalorian order or, or however you want to phrase it kind of split and there are separate ways of looking at everything and that's super interesting and I'm right. really excited to learn a little bit more about that and we have an introduction to I I'm going to assume at some point we're going to be getting some kind of Jedi mm. I, not really feeling that I, I I I said it in the last episode I don't want this show to turn into an extension of the films uh, I yeah. think the Jedi. I think the Jedi is better suited for you know theatrical features, you know, and whatever those end up being is what those end up being. I I always wanted this to be a little bit more grounded, and I was having a really good time with being very low magic. You know, I don't want a whole lot of it, and kinda. I mean, that Sasha Banks character kinda feels like that's the direction that we're going to be going, and. <laughs> I'll uh I'll hold my judgment until we get more information, but that's that's how I feel right now. Right. Okay. <laughs> so the Sasha Banks character there, I mean, we we saw that was just one of the Mandalorian people that were there, but um, well, yeah, no, I mean, she was she was she was hanging out with you know Jedi Hood in the background and then mysteriously disappeared. I'm not gonna. It's I'm not that that's something that I can't ignore. That was there for a reason. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some stuff that's going on back and forth. I mean, we'll, we'll kind of see what's going on there because, I mean, there's different characters. I guess the character, her character's name is Casca Reeves, which, um, yeah, I don't, I, we'll kind of see where that goes. I'm not really sure. It's It's interesting because it's not what I expected. I was expecting it to be a couple of different things. But either way, I mean, we'll kind of get into it, I guess, from this point. Um, but I, but I do agree with you with it being like we, we kind of saw that eventually, again, we talked about this last time. Um, there are most shows have to have filler episodes where it's not this huge, amazing craziness, but it's it's getting it's setting you up for what needs to be set up. You know, mm-hmm. again, we look in the MCU in reality, Captain America, though, it was a good movie for it, what it was. It was definitely a filler movie. Same with Thor, just to kind of hurry up and get to the Avengers. You know, whereas Iron Man, which was the beginning of everything, was just uh, an amazing start to it was it was like this, you know, bonfire that just like blew up out of nowhere. And you're like, wow, this is you thought the you thought the first Avenger was a filler movie. I didn't say that. I said, uh, oh, yeah, no, Captain America, the first Avenger. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Wow. Wow. I mean, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying it was horrible. It was a good movie. But in comparison to the other movies that were around it. It it didn't quite live up to those. I mean, the Winter Soldier was awesome, you know, but the first Avenger, meh, could have been better. I don't know. That's that's my personal opinion. It definitely could have been better. I don't say I hate it. It just definitely could have been better. It's no, right, it's no, it. inc- it's no Hulk. It's no Incredible Hulk. You know, obviously Hulk didn't count, but Incredible Hulk. If you go back and watch all the movies now, and then you watch the Incredible Hulk, you're like, this doesn't even feel like it's the same universe. It's supposed to be, in a sense, but it's not. The only thing that makes you realize it's tied in is at the end when you see, you know, Thunderbolt Ross there talking to to Tony Stark, but hey, whatever. Either way. Yeah, we'll have I we're gonna digress. have to have a conversation about that one day. <laughs> <laughs> so um 
Yeah, so, I mean, I'll, I'll, we'll start off with pretty much where we're at. I mean, we know that in the last episode he had to basically patch the, the ship back together. I feel like that was like a month ago. It seems like so long ago. Um, after getting attacked by the big ice spiders there. And uh, so we see the ship just literally, like, limping its way through space to get over to Trask, which is where they're planning on getting the lizards back together. And uh, the frog lady there. And they do this really awesome drop landing sequence, which I, I enjoyed it. You know, you just see him basically saying the only way we're going to make this work is if I just cut the engines and just, you know, use everything we have just to not crash and to land in a way. And they did it. He landed. And I don't even know what happened after that. Maybe I looked away at the, at the moment, but then he slid right into the water. And I'm like, yeah, it was such, a, it was such an amazing landing. And it's just like, eh, well, anyway, <laughs> there you go. And obviously the ship is wide open, full of holes, so, you know, good thing that AT-AT crane was there. Which, I saw that AT-AT crane, and I, and again, I always say there's like certain things that get me giddy. And I, I thought that was so cool to see a, an AT-AT type, you know, like modified to be a crane. And out uh, on some, on some sh- fishing planet, you know. So, I thought that was cool. Picks it up, brings it back over there. And then he goes over and talks to a Mon Calamari, you know. Oh, can you fix this? I can make it fly. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be interesting. We'll see how this goes. So, obviously, yeah, without going into the full thing, by the end, you see that I can make it fly means I'm going to use ropes and fishing net to make this thing <laughs> stay together while you try to get out of here. So he needs to go back to Pelimoto because she knows her stuff a lot better than than the Mon Calamari. Um, yeah, so he's back there to Lizard Unite. Uh they're all happy, and finally he looks over at, at the child and is like, okay, you know, as I've been saying, somebody finally, somebody feed this kid, he finally goes to feed the kid. And what happens? What happens when the kid finally gets a bowl of food? Well, he gets attacked. <laughs> he gets attacked by basically one of those, you know, face huggers from, from aliens. <laughs> <coughs> Which I thought was funny. I mean, it was it was a funny little scene just to kind of see, I mean, I, the way I looked at it, you know, like, you know, I always want to say baby Yoda. I always want to say Yoda. No, the child, because we still don't know anything, um, is always, like, stealing food, stealing eggs. And I I was just kind of happy to see him kind of get what he deserved. (laughs) So to to see him get, like, you know, this big squid thing, like, latching on his face and him just, you know, quit playing with your food, you know, and then move on from it. <laughs> did did, did <laughs> he even eat it? Like he he was toying around with it. Like he didn't even want it. There was absolutely zero interest. He Baby Yoda does not want to eat this food. <laughs> I think he would have. He was just he wanted to know what what it was. You know, like he's never eaten something like this before. So he was just kind of testing it out. Like, is this something I'm gonna like? You know, I guess having kids, I kind of get that. I've never seen it. I've never seen a baby just like reach their hands and food and start and start like mowing on it without knowing what it is. Kids are very picky. And no matter how hungry they are, they're very picky. So I would go through it and see where that goes, but that's pretty much what happened there. Um, when he was out over there, I thought... So my, my first impression was seeing um, the Sasha Banks character there with the hood on. I just assumed that that was, that was Ahsoka because um, we know that Ahsoka's coming. And that's, as you were talking about the whole Jedi coming back, the Jedi coming back, I mean, fr- from, I, again, I never watched the Clone Wars or any of those, the animated series. Um, I tried watching a bit of the movie, I think, once in passing, and I know that Ahsoka, 
is a character that was in training with Anakin. So I guess hmm. in that sense, she is sort of a Jedi character. Again, anybody who's listening to this who has, who has watched the Clone Wars and all that stuff, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and I probably sound like a dummy, but hey, I'm just not there yet. <laughs> um, but as of today, we have a new setup with our phone, and we do have Disney+, Plus, so I might change that. Maybe I'll, I'll check out some of those episodes and get back into it. But um, yeah, so I thought that was Ahsoka at first, and then you know found out, okay, not Ahsoka, got it. Um, but... He's basically directed um, to, you know, again, it's it's like trying to find where he needs to go, trying to find where he needs to go. Hey, I need to find more Mandalorians. Where do I need to go? And it's like, oh, talk to this guy. Oh, talk to this guy. Oh, I don't know. Talk to this guy. You know, everybody's just kind of like, you know, he went that away, you know, it, the entire season so far is really just like, I need to find this. I need to find this. Oh, I know a guy who knows a guy. Here's that guy. And then, oh, I know three guys who know somebody else and whatever. So we go on to a Corrin fishing ship, and we see these Corrins, you I know, feel, the tentacle faces. I feel let's 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 back up a little bit. I kind of feel like the Mandalorian was done a little bit dirty here. He spends the entire last episode trying to get Frog Lady and her eggs back to her husband or to whatever world that the, the eggs need to be on in order to be yeah, hatched right. and and, and mm-hmm. grown. And he's doing this under the assumption that he could be pointed directly to his kind for help. Mm-hmm. And when he finally gets there, it turns into, oh, yeah, just go in there and talk to the people in the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't, like, introduce them or anything. I, I, bet, <laughs> I thought that, but then again, I also thought, like, well, he needs to hurry up and fertilize those eggs. So it's like, go talk over there, you know, and he could have gone back to him later on, I guess. That was kind of my impression of it. I don't. I don't blame I don't the frog know, dude. He he had he had a he had a mission. You know his mission. Kind I kind of do. First. I kind of do blame the frog people. Like this is, and then he gets in there, and it's it's such a setup. Like I can smell this setup coming from a mile away. As soon as you see the, uh, oh my god, I'm, I'm I'm blanking on his name from the episode, but you know Admiral Arkbar's cousin there, who's working <laughs> on the dock. Yeah. And it's like, oh, as soon as you see him, the only thing that I thought was it's a trap. And then he yeah. gets into the yeah. bar and there's these shady characters all around. I'm like, don't do this. What? Don't get on the ship. Well, why mm-hmm. are you getting on? OK, we're we're just along for this ride. I wasn't surprised at all by yep. what ends up happening at, oh, at yeah. all. Oh, yeah. So I mean, so I mean, yeah, that's definitely kind of what we're going here. Like we're going to see a bunch of people get, uh, sneaking around. I mean, also, we have to keep in mind that. No matter what he's doing, if he's not, like, in light speed and, like, constantly on the run, every time he slows down, people are going to be after him for this, that, or the other thing. They're either going to be after him for his best car or after him for the bounty on the child. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of surprised he's not more careful right now. But then again, I think that kind of comes down to, as we've seen his character develop, he's been letting his guard down a lot more. I mean, he's been he's been getting... He's been getting better at fighting, we've seen, you know, and and being smart in, in an actual battle. But as far as everything else, he's been letting his guard down quite a bit more. See, um, I, still, I still disagree with you on this. I mean, you've been saying since the first season that he's letting his guard down. I don't think that this I don't think the Mandalorian has ever really had his guard up. Mm. He, we, 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 we've seen him get into situations even, you know, in the first, in the premiere and, you know, early on in the first season, he's just made one poor decision after another. So I don't see how this is somebody who's ever really had their guard up. I mean, just I'm going to call it what it is. He's he's kind of bad at his job. Well, OK. 
Which is, I guess is what makes the character likable. You know, if we saw somebody who yeah, was well, just yeah. like perfect the whole time, you'd be like, well, uh, okay, that's fun and all. <laughs> and that's why I never got into Superman, for example. I mean, he's got everything, you know, and he's smart and he, you know, has a heart. It's like, okay, well, there's like everything you need in order to make this fairy tale everything perfect. But as right. you see, when you watch some of the movies, you watch the shows, you read up about, about, you know, up about them and start, you know, getting into some of the other stuff. You're like, OK, I can see how there's conflicts and whatnot. Um, again, anybody who's listening to anything we talk about here, if we start talking about something on like, you know, about like, say, Superman, for example, or the MCU, if you haven't seen the movie, skip forward like 30 seconds because there's probably going to be spoilers in it. But that being said, um, I'm going through Smallville right now, and I just, like, saw this thing where he, like, went back in time uh, because Lois Lane died—or not Lois Lane, uh, Lana Lang died, and then so he went back in time and fixed it and changed his the way—changed the way that he did it, and then somebody else died instead, and you're like, okay, well, that's, that's great. But you see him, like, struggling with this, you know, I have to sacrifice this in order to have that. You know, and it's it's for the greater good, but yet it's still going to affect me in this way. And, you know, that's cool when you can see characters have that even when they have everything else. You know, so if you can make a story, um, you know, you can make a story where somebody, you know, doesn't have everything together and they're struggling uh, or make a story where somebody has seemingly has everything together, but you can still show a struggle. That's what makes, you know, a story good. You know, struggle makes a story good when you see characters change. I've, I've watched a lot of things where you don't see a change in character, and I'm like, what was the point of watching this? Um, for example, um, did, you, did you watch The Dark Tower? Uh, no. Okay, The Dark Tower was that Stephen King, you know, adapted movie. Um, Matthew McConaughey, Idris Elba. Um, okay. And, and, and there was a part in it, I mean, the, the whole movie, like, led up to this one big thing, and it was, it was interesting because usually when you see somebody face the big bad guy or whatever at the end, something they learned helped them, you know, defeat the, the guy, you know, defeat, defeat the enemy, right? Right. Something they learned throughout the way. The only thing that happened at the end of this movie is he just shot him again. <laughs> like, that was it. Like, he stopped, he focused, and shot. And I'm like, okay, he was a good shot in the beginning, so what did he learn that made this one time any different? Now, I could be, you know, jaded about this because I I had a very bad movie-going experience when I saw that movie, so I was just hypercritical. But from what I recall, that movie was horrible mainly because of the ending. It mm. just it didn't resolve a thing. It made no sense. It it all it did was you know postpone what could be a final end for the story. Now I know the dark tower is a series and maybe they were planning on going further with it, but it just didn't do so well. So they gave up, but they, there still should have been some type of like, he overcame something in order to get to it. But again, big offshoot from this episode, but I just wanted to kind of bring that up because I mean, Hey, this is what we're here to do is talk about movies and entertainment. Well, so, no, I mean, go ahead and yeah. go, go ahead and offshoot right now. Cause like I've said at the beginning of this thing, there's really not a whole lot, there's not a lot of meat on this episode to chew on. Yeah. Well, basically, I mean, just to get, I, if we want to get through the plot of it, is he goes to the planet. He wants to meet more Mandalorians. He does. They come and save his life while he's getting, um, while he almost gets attacked by all these Quarrens and the Quarren mom, which I thought was pretty cool. I didn't realize that the mother Quarren was this giant squid thing in the ocean and they're all just the kids. Um, yeah. 
And then you, you meet these Mandalorians. He's all like, as soon as they take their helmets off, again, you know, perfect physical acting on his part, helmet on. And you can tell he's just like, are you, what the heck? Are you kidding me? In shock. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Um, again, we've we've already seen that in the um, in the Marshall. You know, the first episode we started back off with in the season where, um, oh, Cobb Vance takes off his helmet and he's just like, "Where'd you get that armor?" You know, and it's the exact same thing he said to them. He's like, "Where'd you get that Mandalorian armor?" You know, he's just so. Confused. I'm curious. I'm curious to know why he believed their story. Why he believed it? Yeah. Like, they go through this whole story about how, you know, um, oh, my God, Bo-Katan was born on Mandalore, and she's the she's apparently, you know, the episode, the, the title of the episode, The Heiress. I'm just curious of why the Mandalorian, why Pedro Pascal believed the story. Well, he's probably realizing... If he was brought up, if he, if he was brought up to, to believe and think a certain way, and here are three people who are going against that it kind of goes against what he was taught and what he was raised to do and what he was raised to be. Exactly. And he just... Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. No, exactly. And that's why he didn't trust them. But he says, I gotta do what I gotta do. So he worked with them anyway. But... If he didn't trust them, why not take their armor or at least attempt to or put up a fight about this? Well, because like clearly he did they're good with fighters. The well, because clearly they're good fighters, and he kind of gets it. But I think that's what I'm saying is, or I'm getting to, is I think their story is making sense to him when he starts putting things together. As The more he thinks about it, the more he goes, you know what, that's kind of a valid point, and probably pretty realistic that they're, what they're saying is true. Okay. So, I mean, I think, again... Having not watched the Clone Wars, I don't have a huge backing of it, but I'm pretty sure um, that what they're saying is true. So um, hmm. there are there are definitely different um, different clans or different sects of the Mandalorian quote unquote religion, um, and I think he's seeing he's like you know that's not too far off. So maybe that's that. Um, now Bo-Katan, I thought was interesting. Um, so it's Katie Sackhoff, and I remember her from Aminette Black. Uh, she played Aminette Black in the Flash series on CW. But um, I checked out a little bit further. I've never watched Battlestar Galactic, but I, I guess she's a real prominent character in Battlestar Galactica. Um, I'm definitely no Dwight Schrute, so I don't have a, uh, any background in that. I'm pretty much Star Wars all the way when it comes to space dramas or space, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um so, I don't know. I don't think it's enough to push me towards that. I'm like, Star Trek, ugh. The, the newer Abrams movies I can watch and some of the original motion pictures, but I, I just can't get into the rest of it yet. I'm too much of a Star Wars fan for me to want to go that way. You know, it's, yeah. It's like I, I could live in, you know, a different state all I want, but I'm still going to like the Patriots and the, and the Red Sox regardless, you know. I can respect what they do and say good for you, but I'm probably not going to sit there and say, ooh, i got to turn the game on and watch it. But then again, I'm not really a sports fan anyway, so what am I talking about? Anyway, <laughs> again, I digress. Um, so we get into this thing where I, I think it was interesting. They're calling, they were calling him a child of the watch, saying that, he, that his sect or whatever of Mandalorians were actually a cult of religious zealots who basically wanted to keep things old school. 
you know, to go back to the old ancient ways. And that's what we're stuck with, like, our Mandalorian, we keep our helmets on, and, you know, we, we hold up this code, and they're just like, yeah, that's not, that's not how things are anymore. Now, I'm going to get it a little bit into, without getting too deep into, religion. There are many of the quote-unquote Christian churches that have gotten um, away from what is biblical and, you know, what is actually in the Bible. I'm not going to say any names or uh, any specific denominations. Um, personally, I'm, I go to a non-denominational Christian church because I, I just don't like labels. Even this year when I went to go vote, they're like, oh, are you, are you voting? Are you a Republican or Democrat? I'm like, I, I don't want to choose. It all comes down to the values of the candidate. You know, I'm not going to say that I'm just going to go in here and vote all Republican or all Democratic. So, whatever. But <clears throat> it, it's interesting because here what they're showing is these these Mandalorians that are taking their helmets off. They're basically taking the old code and saying that, oh, well, times have changed, so therefore we have to update the way that we're living our lives. Which, in many situations in life, that can be true. You know, in government, for example, earthly government, that can be true. Um, but based on belief systems, you can kind of go either way with it, in a sense, de- <laughs> depending on, on the belief system. So this was a real interesting thing because it is a hot topic uh, among the religious communities, you know, whether or not old, old documents, old um, doctrine, if you will, um, is still relevant today compared to, you know, 2,000 years ago or more. So... Yeah, it's it's interesting that that's your take on it because I had a completely different take. I'm I looked at this as a way of whatever whatever sect the Mandalorian is from was established on purpose for a reason that we don't know yet. Like maybe maybe before this Mandalorian were able to take their helmets off and were able to do other things that, you know, the old ways wouldn't, and it was abandoned for a very specific reason. And then this, like she said, this one secular group of zealots changed everything for, a, for, for whatever reason. I don't know. That's kind of my take on it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can see that, but I mean, again, we don't really know. We're, we're just kind of viewing it and as we go. So we can see where they're going with it, but in, in comparing it to, you know, what I see in my day and, you know, and, and, you know, my day to day, I can see a lot of comparison or a lot of uh, connection there with just religion in general. You know, I've never really had religion growing up. Um, I didn't have anything that I really stuck with, but the more and more I see how there's so much division in it, even within, um, within the same quote unquote religion, uh, for example, like there's so many people who are like, saying, oh, how come Christians hate these people? How can that make them Christian? I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't answer that. That's not that's not anything I've ever read <laughs> in any type of Christ, Christian documentation that says to hate somebody. You know, the only thing you should hate is sin. But, you know, there's, there's people are saying, oh, I mean, this is a hot button, obviously, right now. It's like hating trans people or, or hating somebody who's homosexual or hating somebody who's a different race. It's like, yeah, that is not Christian. So, the, you know, it's not that people who, who follow that are, are all horrible. I mean, and we can go further, talk about police, say that police are all brutal. Like, I, I, I'm pretty sure that not all police want to, you know, hurt people. <laughs> but I, who am I to really say that? You know, I, whatever. The point is... It's really easy to label somebody something, 
and to lump everybody else in because one or one group or one half of that whole, you know, belief system or whatever does something wrong. I don't know. It's just, it's just another way to divide the world. And here we're seeing, and I, I look at this as small and simple as this is, and has, as much as it is just like, oh, it's just part of Star Wars. I think that they were, there's a statement here that's showing, you know, how, div- how divided the universe is, not just our own world. So, whatever. Another no, I get offshoot. what you're saying, but that, that's, that's <laughs> been, a, that's, that's been a, a topic of conversation since the 70s when the original Star Wars movie came out. And mm-hmm. then even more so when the prequels came out, like you have this division within the Jedi. You have kind of a division within the Empire, too. It's all, it's all over the place. I mean, I kind of think that's a lot of what Lucas was trying to say with the original trilogy. It's not just about, it's not just about good and evil and, and, and you know the light side and the dark side, it's all a metaphor for religion as a whole, I guess. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's it's a very weird thing to think about. Well, of course, it's a very weird thing because it's just, that's that's how everything is. It's weird. <laughs> you know, it's, it, and it, what else do we draw from? We draw from, I mean, people who create, people who uh, entertain um, we all draw from things that we know, things that we see, things that we <clears throat> we witness. So it would make sense that that you'd see hints of of these type of topics, these type of real everyday topics mixed in. And I think that's what makes a story good. If it was just so far out there and made no sense, like for example, if everything was just talking about like kings and queens and stuff like that all the time, it's like we don't really have kings and queens in the same sense that we did you know, or that we do in, like, sci-fi movies or way back in the medieval times. It's not like that anymore. You know, it's like, in reality, even even England, there's the queen, but then there's, like, this parliament. You know, there's, there's so many things that are all connected there, and it's all part of one big system. But any movie that's such a, you know, fantasy that goes off into the kings and queens thing, it's like, yeah, can't really relate to that. Not to that degree, you know? But when you can start tapping into, like, hey, I can see, a, uh, you know, a correlation here with what it is like just living in our world. It's like, okay, you know, here's another perspective, you know, in another time, another place, but the same thing that we see every day. So, interesting. Thought it was cool. Um, I think you and I were, were talking earlier, and I thought what was cool about this is we're, we're seeing um, more, uh, and we knew we were going to see more of the Empire, you know, uh, more of the... Mm. Um, the the people who are still loyalists, you know, especially after the last two episodes of season one, when when Moff Gideon was introduced, and it took took these you know the first two episodes into this episode to finally see Moff Gideon again, you know, because the last we saw him, he's using the dark saber and cut himself out of his busted Tie Fighter and standing up there like, all right, here we go, and we get back into it where you see these imperialists and they're on the ship and I mean I thought <laughs> I thought um. You know, they're, the whole, these Mandalorians, their plan was basically to to steal all these weapons and bring it back so they can take over Mandalore again. They can reclaim it because she's the heir to the throne, you know. That's why the episode's called The Heiress. Aha, got it. Um, but they, that's their plan where his plan is still to get the child back to the Jedi because, you know, he's starting to understand more and more like, okay, where do I need to go? How do I need to get there? You know, who do I need to meet? Who can really answer this question for me? It's that now it all comes down to Jedi. 
which I can see why you're like, oh, I don't want to get too much into Jedi now. You know, that's that's too much like the movies. It's nice to have this story that kind of fills in the gaps, but we don't want there to be too much of a connection. So I get that. I, I'm there with you, but I don't think... I can't see Favreau just, you know, allowing it to go that deep into it where you just lose this into the Star Wars, you know, feature film universe. I, th- I think it's going to be a nice compliment to it, but not not go overkill. I think the door is open for overkill, and that's what I'm worried about. Right. Because you have, I mean, we have an Obi-Wan series coming mm-hmm. up that kind of takes place around the same time as this. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm way off. We have an Obi-Wan series coming up that takes place 30 years before this, and he's already been, the Mandalorian has already been to Tatooine twice. That's no coincidence. I don't think it is anyways. Mm-hmm. So I think there's definitely going to be some kind of tie-in. I mean, this is like a universe. So I think this is there's going to be some things in the Mandalorian that are going to be a tie-in to whatever the Obi-Wan series is going to be. And now we're looking for Jedi, and we know that Luke is somewhere out there exploring, or maybe he's already established a school, or you know, it's just little things like that. This yeah. And what this episode did in, in those you know couple of scenes kick the door open for it to go way out there and get really over the top. I'm not going to hate it. Maybe I'll love it by the time that it happens. Right now, though, like, it just seems really kind of early. And like you said, mm-hmm. um, Moff Gideon, I'm really liking the way that he's kind of in the background. Like, yeah. he's going to be the big bad of this series. We don't have to see him in every episode. He can be off in the background doing his own thing and you can get glimpses of him kind of creeping up and, and, and coming into the foreground or the forefront, if you will, more and more as we go on. But it just it doesn't have to be right now. Mm-hmm. Him on screen as a hologram, you know, giving the order to crash the ship. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I'm not I'm not asking for more from him. I think I think it's nice just to see him again, you know, because it's like, OK, you know, if they if they didn't show him again until the last episode of the season, I'd be like, okay, is that how it's going to be? We're only going to see him at the end of each season, you know? But kind of peppering him in is nice. If we saw him every single episode as the main villain or the main protagonist in each episode, I'd be like, okay, this is ridiculous. What are we doing here? It's not like we're watching Sonic the Hedgehog and it's always Dr. Robotnik, you know? So... Right. Anyway. Um... I thought the uh, there was some CG in here that was I didn't think was necessary completely. Um, I was watching it with uh, with our, my buddy Chuck, and I went out I went out into the other room for a moment to like you know put my dishes in the sink or whatever, and I and I heard him go ew, and I'm like what? And he goes hold on, and he, re- he rewound it. I came back, and <clears throat> there's a there's a, the character there who's. The Mandalorian hanging out, and she's she's eating this wormy thing, you know, Sasha Banks' character, <laughs> which doesn't just like squirm around; it actually just like sits on her face and and just gets dragged down her face from her mouth. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's kind of disgusting. Okay, <laughs> I can see that being disgusting. Um, weird, whatever, but it's there. Um, nah, I, I just it was I, cool. It was cool. It was cool, but it was definitely like they probably could have done that without CG. I mean, they could have, or they could have like enhanced it with CG to make it look a little bit slimier. 
you know, mm-hmm. but whatever, I guess it was just, it was a tiny detail that I thought was strange that they would add in there and why they would use CG, you know, just, just, it, it, it seemed very do ish to me. Like it seemed like an unnecessary thing to put in there and it's like, okay. And you went like over the top CG, <laughs> but again, it was small. It was tiny. It's just me being nitpicky, I guess. Um, I thought it was funny when they got onto the Imperial ship and they're like, there's like five, maybe 10, maybe more people. And they're like, and the guy's like, uh, I only see four people. And they're like, oh, they're Mandalorians. I think, ah, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <coughs> I thought that was funny that they were like so petrified and they were just like, I think it's like 10, 10 or more people because of, you know, how they were taking them out. And I, again, I think that's another testament to like, who the Mandalorians are and why Din was more accepting of who they were because they were good fighters. You know, they were really good and they fought like Mandalorians. So I think he, he believed it in that sense. But hmm. so I mean, it's really they, interesting how when they're, when they're boarding the, uh, when they're boring, boarding the Imperial ship that they're referred to as pirates. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Like, okay, so this has happened more than once. Like, they're just they're just on this planet, you know, taking ships down and, and robbing them blind, I guess. It's really weird. Well, it's funny that they're on, a, like, a sea-based planet. And they're like, pirates are here. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> it was their way of mixing in the Pirates of the Caribbean with Star Wars. Well, so, what else are you going to call them? They're, well, I mean, you know, that's what they are. Pirates aren't, aren't, aren't just, like, sea-dwelling people. You know, they're pirates. They're people who go on to, who basically rob from ships. That's what they do. They rob from ships. They rob from ships or they rob the ship, the entire ship. They take the ship. So it's, yeah, pirates. Somebody who's breaking on, breaking in and taking stuff. So, I mean, we know ships as, that's what I thought was cool. Like, I didn't, again, not a big Star Trek fan, but I thought it was interesting. I saw this one trailer for one of the Star Trek movies and it was showing the evolution of the USS Enterprise which shows it as like an old wooden ship you know then you start seeing it as like a battleship you know like what we've seen and then you start seeing it become like these different evolutions of spaceship it's like oh it's all the same thing it's like a it's like a a navy but it goes from the sea to the sky okay cool so ships are ships you know we just kind of lump it in with spaceship as a spaceship and a and a sea ship as a sea ship Regardless, they're still ships. I don't know. So it's it's like my my daughter, my three year old. I think she just finally understood that chickens are the same thing as the food chicken. You know, you don't really think about things like that when you don't have kids. But it's just like, oh, how do you explain that they're eating something that was alive? You know. So you don't really compare the two. You just say, oh, it's what I call that. But there's also this other thing called a chicken. Okay. So, I mean, that was cool. I liked seeing the whole thing with the um, the imperialists, you know, on the ship. I thought the, uh, the you know, the, the, the shock tooth, like, cyanide-type capsule thing was cool, where basically he knew he was going to be captured. He's like, no, he'd kill me, so I'm going to go ahead and myself right now, you know? That was pretty interesting. Bring back a little James Bond, you know, or uh, as we saw the Hail Hydra, you know, break off the tooth and bite it, cyanide tooth. You know, that was pretty cool. Um, Moff Gideon, just like, long live the Empire. All right, you know, the whole point is, like, they're trying to keep it alive, you know, and they'll do everything they can to keep the Empire moving forward. So, that was pretty cool. Um, The line in there 
that Mandalorian, uh, the, that Mandalorian, no, that Din said when he was talking to, um, to Boca there, when he was like, you're changing the terms of the deal. And all I thought of is like, pray that I don't alter it any further. <laughs> yeah. It was, <coughs> I, I thought that was like, okay, interesting. It's like, you're changing the terms. And she just looks at him and she goes, this is the way. Like, very like, hmm, like sassy, this is the way. Like, almost making fun of him in a way. You know, I thought that was interesting. Um, kind of just backs up my statement earlier when I said that, you know, the Mandalorian here didn't kind of bad at his job. Yeah. Like, this is the second This is the second deal that he's made. In this episode, this mm-hmm. is the second deal that he's made and the other person didn't live up to the their end of the bargain. And he just kind of accepts it and, and moves on. So... Mm-hmm. We've 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 seen him make moves like this before. It's no, yeah. I don't know. I, no, I'm not, I, I guess I'm not surprised. Sense. I guess it makes I'm not sense. Surprised. He's 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 constantly putting himself in positions that are compromising. Um, but you know, he he finds a way to get out of it. And I, I think in this case, he kind of has some type of trust in them, regardless, like actual trust in them, um, just because they are Mandalorians, and he believes that they have some type of truth behind their story. Um, so she explains, you know, Boca explains here that um, the plan is to, you know, send him over to the city of Kaladin on the forest planet of Cor- Corvitz, and that's where he'll find um, Ahsoka Tano. So, again, anybody who's watched the Clone Wars and all that stuff, we know who Ahsoka is. Um, so we know we're going to get into some type of, uh, some more Jedi stuff is going to come out of this. Well, duh, because we know he's looking for Jedi, and that's... Where um where he's going over there, so Ahsoka Tano is going to have a lot more. From what I heard, maybe I I haven't read it in a while, but from what I heard, I think the plan is that Ahsoka Tano was supposed to be Rosario Dawson. Um. Oh really? That's what I read. I could be way off. Um. Hmm. But either way, I mean that's that'll be pretty cool to see if it is or if it's not. You know, it'll be it'll be kind of cool to see um, new people introduced there. But as far as I, that's what I that's what I heard. We'll see what happens. Um, it's not released yet. We won't know till Friday. So there we go. Um, we, so we noticed he goes to pick up, you know, the child who's been hanging out with um, hanging out with the frog people. And it seems that like he actually kind of toned down a little bit. Maybe it's because he ate or something. I don't know. But. He right. seemed like he was just having fun, enjoying the little tadpole and not wanting to eat it. At first, I was kind of expecting him just like, you know, when they're not looking, like try to eat it again. Yeah. Like now that it's out, because that's what he does. He eats little things. And we know that Yoda liked frogs, you know, and stuff like that. Like um, we know that uh, Jabba liked frogs. So I'm like, OK, well, what's going to happen here? Oh, yeah. And we saw we saw baby uh, or the child ate a frog earlier. Right. That was in the village episode there. So, Yeah. I was kind of surprised that he didn't, but we're seeing a little bit more of an understanding of what life is. So, we're seeing an evolution in the child's character, starting to learn what the you know the value of life, and not just be as selfish. So, we'll see where that goes. Um, and of course, they fly off and they do their own thing. Uh, little squid sneaks up again, and before anything happens. Din reaches back, crushes the thing, feeds the baby Yoda, and they fly off. And they play that music that sounds like something that should be in a Tim Burton film. I don't know. 
that do 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 all that little like you know ending Yoda stuff or sorry the child stuff that plays in there. Get ready for a mumpy ride, and here we go. Um, yeah, I mean, not a whole lot to talk about. I mean, we just went pretty much went through the entire thing of this episode. Um, I feel like we spent more time kind of just going off on tangents and talking about other things, but in reality, um, it's definitely setting up for, okay, we're understanding that there's more stuff going on here. Um, the, the area that he grew up with those Mandalorians that he grew up with, you know, they definitely had a different understanding of what it meant to be a Mandalorian as opposed to these people who are more progressive, um, whether or not, you know, you're thinking he should believe them or not, I feel like there's a ton of truth behind it, and they're like, oh, you're one of them, okay, but I don't think they're really the bad guys, per se, um, but it's, I, I don't think it's ever been a matter of, of good or bad, I think it's just, like, different beliefs, and that's kind of what it is, everybody believes they're doing the right thing, right, know? and that's what it comes down to, it's not like somebody, it's, I, I mean, I, I guess except for the Emperor, I mean, I think he kind of knew that he was being a jerk, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, everybody, everybody has their reasons for what they do. And we've seen that a lot with, um, tons of movies that have come out over the past few years. I mean, we've all, you and I have talked so many times about Heath Ledger's Joker, where it's like, he's got some valid points there, but he is, you know, kind of (laughs) unhinged and, and went to a degree that was like, okay, that's clearly criminal, but he raised some valid points there as to what was backing Mm -hmm. him up. So... We get a lot more of that as these movies progress, and I think that's what ma- what's what makes movies and you know any type of character development nowadays or characters more more complex than they've ever been in the past. You know, again, we can always kind of go back to James Bond. When I think about like villains and stuff like that, and a clear bad and a clear good, you know, you think James Bond, and you know, there's this bad guy, and he's just like, I want to rule the world, ha James Bond, I've got you hooked up to, a, you know, straps with a buzzsaw coming between your legs or something ridiculous, or a laser, you know, and it's like, okay, that's what it is, and it's like, he's just greedy and wants to rule the world, he wants money, you know, but a lot of the bad guys that you see now in films, I mean, going back for at least the past 10 years, it's been very prominent that the bad guy, the, the protagonist, or sorry, the antagonist, did I say protagonist earlier too? Oh, geez. I meant antagonist. Um, has some kind of reason for it that sounds like, okay, I can kind of see your point. I mean, we even go Thanos, you know, although he's crazy and he was doing things in a very unorthodox way. He had a point like, um, you know, resources are finite. You know, people can't yeah. survive off of this. And the only way that I can see, you know, that makes sense to, to take care of this is just to wipe out half the people, wipe out half the life. And then, hey, we're good. Everybody can survive. We're all set now. We have everything we need. You know, we're not overpopulated. I don't agree with Thanos because there's other ways to figure that out. But I see that he had he had a positive um, drive backing him. You know, that he wanted to do something to help existence, to help the universe. So, anyway, enough tangents on this episode because I feel like, again, there's not much we can really say. Uh, what are your What are your final thoughts? I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to make a quick point. I did some quick research before... I, uh, before we got on here today, and I found out that the Dark Saber was originally created by the first Mandalorian, and they were to be inducted into the Jedi Order. 
Right. I found that really interesting. So with, you know, Bo-Katan looking for the dark saber and I kind of get the feeling like whatever, whatever member of the Jedi, you know, Mando was on his way to see, it's kind of going to have a tie in with that. Right. I also wanted to say, I mentioned last episode that I wanted, I wanted things to be a little bit more serialized and it looks like we're kind of getting that. Like we have, like we're three episodes in and we kind of have a direction that the show is taking. It's not just about the child. Now Mm -hmm. it's turning into this whole Jedi. It's turning into this whole political thing. And like you, like when you went off on your tangent before about like the divide of religion, I think we're going to get a lot more of that. And that's, as much as I don't want Jedi, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't interesting. I'm right. looking forward to where it goes from there. And that's it. It's just, you know, little things about that. I, I've been quiet this episode because you've been going and going and going. And I figured I'm just going to let you go. Because, <laughs> like I said before, really not a whole lot to talk about in this episode. It was just a lot of setup and a lot of, you know, laying down the plot to get to where wherever we're going to be going to next. That's my... um. Those are my final thoughts. I didn't love this episode. I didn't hate this episode. Um, I'm kind of in between. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I can't discredit Bryce Dallas Howard for doing it. Um, I think she did a great job um, with with this episode. I mean, obviously, we know it's like, well, this story needs to be told because we need to set this up so people understand where we're going here. And I, I looked at it mm-hmm. as, a, as a very contemplative episode for, for Din because he's – He's realizing certain things. He's realizing, I mean, I'm hoping he's realizing, man, people are going to keep on trying to betray me. <laughs> and yeah. and then obviously on top of that, just uh, you know, realizing that maybe what he's been brought up to know is not exactly entirely true. There's more to it than that. Like he just, he kind of knew the world that he grew up in because, and it makes sense. Um, I mean, he, he was saved by these people who said, here's how we live, here's how we're going to do it, and here's how you be pure. I mean, he's known that for like, you know, 25 years or something like that. So what else is he going to think when he sees people going against that that he thinks he could, he should be able to trust? He's going to be like, what are you doing? What is this? And then, and then be wary about it and not want to trust it. So I really think that we're going to get a lot more into, you know, his character continuing to evolve, obviously, and understand a little bit more of what's actually true, what's real, and what's been fake, you know, for the majority of his life growing up. So, as much as it might be a kind of a filler episode, I think it's a real good launching point to see that, um, you know, he's going to start going a little bit more into himself and his background now uh, than, than just following his mission. He's going to start questioning I kinda don't what feel- he knew. I kind of don't feel like you're going to get a lot of those answers because when it comes down to it, what I mean, you're essentially talking about what is the ultimate truth and there never really is an ultimate truth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's just different ways of looking at whatever situation that you're in. What works for you may not work for the next person. And when it comes to the Mandalorian here, it all depends on how you were raised, the people that were around you when you were younger, what were your influences when you were coming up. Mm-hmm. It's not always it's not always easy just to abandon ideals that were instilled into you from a young age. Of it course is not. very very hard. To, to, to let all that go. I don't see really any of that happening. Right. The most, maybe, maybe you'll get him accepting that there are other ways of living aside from just what he knows. And maybe he'll just be able to accept that and move on with his life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I saw some, I uh, I usually go on Reddit to see what other people feel about the episode. I try not to let it influence me, but this one thing did. I don't think that you're going to get, I don't think that you're going to get Din, you know, taking off his mask and abandoning the Mandalor the Mandalorian order. I, I, I don't see that in his future at all. Um, hmm. I don't know. It's just, I, I, well, there's, there's some people out there who feel that way, and, you know, I wanted to address it a little bit. I don't see it. I think this is somebody who's very stuck in his ways, and he's going to live out how he was raised and what he was brought up in believing until his death. Like, that's just, that that's what it's going to be. You know, and like I said, maybe maybe he'll be able to accept that there are other Mandalorian out there who believe and act and, and, and live in a different manner than he does. Mm. And that's fine. And I think that's... I think that's a little bit more important than anything else that's going on in the show. And it goes on to what you were talking about a little earlier when you were touching upon, you know, religion and the way that the world is right now. It's okay to be different from the other person next to you. It's okay to have a different way of life. So long as you're not hurting anybody, it's, it's, it's okay. There's no problem with that. And you don't have to be so grounded in one secular belief. There are other ways to live. And I think that should be his lesson. Mm -hmm. I like that for him. I think that should be his ultimate lesson. I mean, in the beginning of the series and in the first season, he was, if you want to say character growth, the only real character growth that we've seen him go through is he's a little bit more trusting of, of droids. Mm -hmm. That's about it. Everything else, he's still very much, A little bit you know, more? We went from him me? saying, we went from him saying no droids just to get a ride on a land speeder on the first planet, like in the beginning of episode one, we went from him being like, I don't even want a droid near me. I don't want a droid driving my car. Like, I don't want a droid anywhere involved in this entire situation to like basically begging a droid to not go sacrifice himself for the rest of the. the okay. Team. That's, and that's, that, that, that's fine. But it's still, that's, that's a little piece in the overall plan of whatever character growth he's going to be going to. Right. The droids are just a they're a very minute part of his personality. Right. They don't make up they don't make up the whole. That's more what I meant. So when I said the little character growth we got from him is him going from not being able to trust droids to be him being able to trust them maybe not completely. I mean, what last episode we saw him when he landed uh, and he had to get his ship fixed. Mm. He didn't acknowledge that droids were going to be working on his ship, but he didn't say no either. He just kind of ignored it and moved on. Right. IG-11 is is something that's different. I mm. think that's a little bit different because this is somebody that he actually fought next to. And like we, you know, read any any memoir from a soldier or watch any wartime documentary, you form a bond with somebody that you're fighting with and right. somebody that you have to rely on in order to survive. Just because that happens doesn't mean that you're going to come home and, well, I'm good with everybody now. No, it's, it's almost the opposite. You're not just automatically going to change your views just because you fought next to somebody. You're still going to have, you know, the same problems that you did before. Right. So, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'll say I get it. Again. it. I, I, I love I, this episode. I, I was ahead. just going to say that I, I know you're saying that you don't think he's going to take his helmet off at any point. I feel like I feel the opposite. I feel like it's going to happen no, mainly because 
are you really going to have just Pedro Pascal's voice this entire time? I mean, we already saw his face. If we never saw his face... Okay, let, let's go back to that. The last episode of season no, one. No, we, 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 we saw his face. saw his face. Why did we see his there face? There isn't... Be, okay, that goes back to IG-11. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm, not, that I'm, was, I'm, not, I'm not saying, you know, why did he show his face? I'm saying, why did the, the show itself show his face? There was no other option. Yes, there was an option. He could have died and the show would have been over. That's no, the other no, option. No, they could have just said that he fixed him up and that was it. And he could say, oh, I, you know, do you take his helmet off? Yeah, but, you know, whatever, and then move on. Like, that, they didn't have to show his face. But the fact that they showed his face is showing that there's a different side of this Mandalorian character that we haven't seen, which is, like, there's a humanity type, there's a face to it. So I think, I think because they did that, that we're going to see more. We're going to see more of his face. If they... I don't see why they would get Pedro Pascal if they're not going to use the guy, you know, and actually show his face. So I really think it's going to happen. And that's that's all I want to say. I mean, you don't think so. You read something on Reddit, whatever. I, I think I think we will get to see his face again. And I think it's going to be a, a real big deal when we do. And I think it has hmm. something to do with him meeting the Mandalorians that he met in this episode. I think what just happened hmm. in this episode is going to lead to him eventually taking his mask off on purpose. Hmm. But hey, we can we can disagree on it. But I just wanted to bring it up because I'm like I can't just sit yeah, there and go, oh yeah, good for you, good for you. But no, no, honestly, I disagree. I think it's going to happen. Okay. And I'm not putting money on it, but you know, I'm going to say, well, we'll see who was right. <laughs> no, I plan, yeah, I, I plan no, on I watching it. this <laughs> for a while. Um. Yeah. So anyway, that's. Yeah, I'm glad we talked about it regardless of how we felt about the episode as as a whole. But I think I feel like this episode actually stirred up a lot more um, than just what the content was in it. You know, the, the plot of the episode was meh, but I feel like what came out of it was actually very impactful. I think, feel like what's coming out of it now is, is opening up a lot of different doors for different directions the show can take. Um, obviously, we know the season's already done. You know, but for us who are just kind of like, you know, saying, ooh, this is cool. Where's it going to go? You know, I feel like it's it's showing that there are plenty of other ways that they can go with it. And I mean, I can still be upset that there were no, you know, baby wampas in the last episode. Um, I'm still hopeful that we might get to see wampas again somewhere <laughs> because it's just that they they weren't done justice. I'll say that. But. You know, we will see, and I'm excited to see it. So, there's that. Well, well, all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, again, if you want to be involved, let us know. We'd love to have you join us sometime and, and you know, throw some ideas at us or whatnot. Um, we're going to be talking about some other stuff. Um, although we're, we're primarily focusing on The Mandalorian, that doesn't mean that we're done with, um, with any other type of opportunities, you know, different movies that might be coming out or even just talking about whatnot and nerd stuff because, you know, that's what we do. Um, but, yeah, thanks for tuning in, and we will uh, hear from you or you'll hear from us next week, if not sooner.